Dan and Corey here, welcoming you into Libservative. I almost lost a goddamn finger. I was so pissed. haven't disappointed my, us yet. I even wore my 1997 national championship hat to commemorate Michigan's big win on Saturday. Finally going to the playoff. You know what's funny is like University of Michigan football actually going to the playoff does kind of a, apply to the way we talk about politics, believe it or not. I, I, don't worry, Corey. I found a way to piece it together. Okay. <laughs> it, it, it's it's so I, I, I've shit on uh, Jim Harbaugh and his ability to win a big game. So basically since he's been here and everybody goes, everybody that's a, that's a diehard or calls themselves a diehard Michigan fan goes, well, you, you forgive him now. He finally got you to the playoff. Like, no. Oh, you don't have <laughs> shitty goddamn years. Like both can be, tr- both can be true. If, if, if this doesn't happen again for another five years, then no, happy. don't, don't forgive him. <laughs> You're right. But, for right now, I can't hear just, you. Why the hell can't I hear you? What's going you can't on? Can't hear me. Oh, I know why. Now I can hear you. Oh, look at that! It was my fault. I, I had my headphones plugged. I'm assuming in. they could all hear me. Yeah, they could. Oh, now I can hear me. <laughs> no, I can't. Just kidding. You're good. Um, so what's new, Dan? What you drinking? I'm not drinking anything special. I'm just drinking some B43. I I just pieced it together today. It's okay. It's okay. they can't always be winners. I know. I know that you're you're just drinking some Basil Hayden's today. Yeah, I'm just drinking some Basil Hayden's. You know, I know because I saw you that's pour it. Go to, yeah, you saw me pour it, thinning up my blood for my injury. That a occurred. Late on the- that occurred minutes before we started the show. Yeah, God damn it, man! I'm always <laughs> getting hurt. I uh, so there's a mirror on the door to my studio on the other side that goes down the end of the hallway. Well, I was walking back here and I noticed that two of the screws were loose. And I was assuming, well, that's probably because my son, you know, bangs on the door every once in a while. And so I went to like pop him back in and like tighten him down and the whole mirror just cracked and fell and went or went to fall. And my son was by me as I'm doing this. I went to like stop it and catch it and just sheared off just a nice big chunk of my finger. So there's just a big hole in the top of my pointer finger. And honestly, I think I might've made this bandage a little tight because the tip of my finger feels a little cold, but, uh, you're gonna lose. Be, you're gonna lose a goddamn finger. That's what's gonna happen. I almost lost a goddamn finger. I was so pissed. But yeah, so there's that. So if I get a little pale or slur my words on the show, just know it's from a loss of blood. First he had COVID. Then he almost cut his finger off. This year has been yeah for injuries. Yeah, goddamn cat. First I separated the acromial joint in my shoulder snowboarding, <laughs> and then I got punctured in my leg from screwing around with a friend. In a fake sword fight. And then I burned my other leg on the muffler of a compactor. And then I got COVID. Now I cut my finger. And those are just the injuries I can remember. <laughs> there was a couple of concussions in there that you can't remember. Right. There might have been. What are you going to do? 
Uh, we got breaking news here, Corey. It's not really that breaking at this point. I think this news has probably been out for, what, like an hour? Something like that? Yeah, but we're still going to be some of the first to actually report it. Like, talk about it? And here's what bothers me about that. Like, I don't really fucking want to talk about it. <laughs> right. It's a, it's a dumb one. But uh, it's news. For you know, some people are interested in that. So go ahead and lay it on the people, Dan. Jesse Smollett, or uh, as uh, uh, Dave Chappelle likes to call him, what do you call him, Juicy Smollier? Yeah, something, <laughs> something like, like that. that. Was convicted on what five five of six counts of of disorderly conduct for his uh, his racial attack hoax. Uh, it was in the Chicago area, right? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so here's why this is so stupid. Like the fact that like a publication like it, I guess I shouldn't be surprised by this, but like a publication like the Daily Wire, which is obviously a conservative publication, <laughs> has to report on the fact that this is breaking news. Like a, a, a guy faked an attack on himself as as some sort of uh, a hoax to I don't even know what the hell he was trying to prove. He's he's probably uh, uh mentally compromised in some ways i actually kind of feel bad for the guy but like the first thing that came to my mind when i saw that like the daily wire was had had posted this as breaking news and i'm sure they probably weren't the only ones right it's just the first one i happened to see because you sent it to me uh you're welcome i'm looking i I appreciate it i'm looking at the comments right at the bottom of the of the of the report and it's the same reason I was so upset about like the way conservatives treated the Rittenhouse case instead of just treating it for what it was, which was a young man that was accused of committing a crime that was lied about by the liberal media um, from the, from, from the uh, corporate media being dishonest and unethical. Uh, it, 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 it turned into like this, like white man's vindication uh, escapade is is what it turned into with Rittenhouse. And I feel like that's kind of the same thing with the Smollett case. Like I can sit here and look at this and say, okay, yeah, the, the guy did something really stupid. He was trying to get away with something. I don't know what his motive was here other than to maybe get attention. I have no clue. He wanted to legitimize racism when it's already, we know that it's legitimate already. Yeah. We know it's real and it happens. It's like, we get it. Like, I know what the guy did was wrong and dishonest and unethical, but I don't have to sit here and go, well, guess this vindicates white guys again. Let's just keep vindicating white guys. Like, why do you have to, why do you have to take it to that level? Because right. it, it, it discredits your point when you say that what Smollett did was wrong and what the, what the, what the, uh, the corporate media did with Rittenhouse was wrong. When you're, you're making it about you and you're actually, in a de facto way still making it about race when you're pissed off that these things are about race when it goes for the same thing it actually it's interesting not now that i'm like kind of thinking about it i'm still kind of like figuring out my thoughts on this one because it is it literally just happened um like so you remember like when the Kyle rittenhouse thing happened and i celebrated it like not celebrated it but i said you know this is this is a win for self-defense Instead of everyone attacking, and then the left attacked him for it, instead of being like, this is a win for self-defense. The right should be celebrating this case, not as an vindication for the white man, but it also legitimizes racism in a sense that we're 
our justice system is doing its best to call the balls and strikes and that this only legitimizes the court system to where when there is a fake case this shows that the system isn't slanted towards the left trying to defend this guy and letting him get a pass just like it's not slanted towards the right because we have black men and white men both getting acquitted on self-defense charges and the court system right now it seems to be going in through a big transition of like trying to catch up with like a readjustment of our moral compass but we've been covering different cases throughout the last couple of weeks on the show and a lot of these cases are like for the general good of the general public are landing on the right side of history yeah and you say that but there's there's a there's a, a caveat here which is that there there has been a point where there's been plenty of points throughout our history where the criminal justice system was still. racist and in certain ways still is like right. why why the fuck do do black males make up such a huge population uh, of, our, of our of our prison population right when they only when they're only 13% of the population yeah and so it, it almost makes you question like is it is it the court system itself or is it the criminal justice system as a whole like why is it that black men get arrested so much more often well the answer is because they are committing more crimes but again it it goes it goes down to why like it goes it goes deeper than that you know so it's not just as simple as black men get arrested more often than white men and and i don't even know that that's necessarily true when you when you expand it out into class right there are a lot of poor fucking white people that end up in prison as well in prison. Yeah. And it just just so happens uh, that it just so happens that I'll I'll finish this point real quick. It just so happens that, you know, black folks per capita just tend to be a a ton percentage wise, more poor than white people do when you, when you view it in a vacuum again, you have to ask why, like that's the part that needs to be fixed. It's not necessarily that like verdicts are wrong. You know what I mean? Like, right. If a black it, yeah, man commits murder, it, it comes to the front line. The problem is we have more black people in front of judges. Correct. You know, and it comes That's down what I was to trying communities. To say. Yeah, and it comes down to communities to where like communities, like in a lot of like the more affluent neighborhoods, the police are there to serve and protect. Whereas when you're in poorer communities, they're there to basically enforce law. And uh, when you have more police interactions on a daily basis in communities, you're going to have police arresting more people. And then those people are going to be in front of judges more. And if they can't afford a decent attorney and they're stuck with a public defender and things like that, it's just a vicious cycle, a snowball that goes down and down and down and down. Um, But uh, going into the next thing about those court cases, we could go into talking about the, uh, the appeal for, Oh, I forget his name. Um, You're talking about Tim Gilbert, Tim Gilbert. Yeah. Where, when he was in a courtroom that was blatantly racist, with a Confederate flag <laughs> in the room, and then all when it's supposed to be a jury of your, he um his court case is getting an appeal, and they're going to see him again. Which honestly, I didn't even look up what Tim Tim Gilbert did. and he could have committed a crime. I think it was, an assault, a crime and, it was an assault charge. It was an assault charge. Okay, so when you can when you commit crime in America, you're supposed to have a fair trial. And if you're not getting a fair trial, then the court system isn't working for you. 
And for decades and decades, that was the scenario, but it just seems like the tide is starting to turn. We are seeing more and more cases in favor for the general good of the country, for black people, white people, minorities, what have you. And it, uh, it appears things are trending in the right way right now. Now, we've only been really diving in and following these court cases ourselves for the past, since the Kyle Rittenhouse case, really. That's what kind of perked our interest in actually trying to have court cases on the show. But you can but, go uh, back further too, Corey, right? Like you can go to, you know, Derek Chauvin convicted. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He committed a murder. He did. Um, oh, real quick. I wanted to, I had a nice little soft opening story to tell you that I do want to wind back to. Okay. Actually, you know what? No, I'll save that when we talk about the FBI. Because <laughs> well, now, now everybody's ears just perked up. Right, including the FBI. <laughs> They're like, oh, are they talking about us? They're listening. <laughs> and it's funny because it actually had a great memory, this guy. <laughs> Another thing. <clears throat> so Corey uh, finishes his college, you know, in two weeks. And he's probably going to go get the vaccine. Because a new study just came out. Remember how I was saying before I was donating plasma because plasma mm-hmm. helped COVID patients. Well, a new study just came out. And convalescent plasma isn't being used anymore for COVID because it doesn't help. <laughs> so now I wouldn't necessarily say it was an excuse, but it was like a justifiable reason for me because I was getting paid money to do it. And still helps like, more than ivermectin, Corey. I bet you'd help yeah, more than ivermectin. Probably. But now you I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. But so now convalescent plasma <laughs> apparently doesn't help COVID. So and I'm not really doing it because I'm so busy now. So now I don't have any legitimate reasoning to not get pricked. So I'm probably going to be gonna be getting vaxxed here soon, Dan. Even though I don't oh, know why. Right now I have more antibodies than you or anyone at work. Or I cannot I believe, Corey. I cannot believe that you are going to put those baby parts in your body. You son of a bitch. I'm doing the Johnson & Johnson, so I think it's chicken. Or egg, uh, actually, egg stem cells. I think that's what they use, like in the flu shot. That's why when people are allergic to egg, <laughs> you just totally dismiss the conspiracy theory. That- <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just what I would have said to someone. <laughs> that's just, I'm so used to people spelling conspiracies that I just it's like watershed. I'm just like, yeah, well, actually, let's um, see. actually, <laughs> let's see what Lauren Bobert has to say. <laughs> Good God! Okay, just as a quick side note. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, who is more ridiculous at this point? Is it Marjorie Taylor Greene or is it Lauren Boebert? Why? Because well, I, I honestly I don't know what she's really said. I don't really follow her. I don't think we follow. Well, her Lauren Boebert made those really racist remarks about Ilhan Omar that actually turned out not to be true. She was like making a joke in a room. Was it the one about her dating her brother or something? Like no, that? it was the one about like running into her in an elevator and then saying, "Who, who? Well, she didn't have a backpack, so we felt safe." You oh, didn't hear, didn't hear that shit. No. Yeah, that. I can't believe people are still actually I'm saying they're afraid it. of Muslims. When in all reality, when I'm walking around the school campus, the ones that I'm afraid of are the white guys with their hoods up, headphones in, with their hands in their pockets. Well, that's racist against white people. <laughs> I'm going based on statistics. You look going our country based on like, yeah, like based on statistics, you're more likely to be killed by a white guy with a gun than you are a Muslim. Yeah. She thought she was making a joke. And then she posted like a picture. Like 
you want to talk about pain gun picture yeah they, the gun it's, picture. Like, it's just like and then aoc calls her out and then people bitch about aoc for calling her out and it's like okay so aoc called out lauren bobert for pandering to idiots and so like that's legit and then my response was basically like don't worry, AOC will get busted for pandering at some point in about three or four days. Three or four like, hours. <laughs> who gives a shit? She's pandering to her. Well, yeah, she's pandering right there. She's pandering to her base for bitching about someone pandering to their base. <laughs> and it and it, and it does. It pisses me off so much. Like, this is what we've come down to. American politics is just about trying to get likes on Twitter. They all just these wannabe celebrities at this point, and it's absolutely mind-numbing. I cannot stop tweeting at Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, I do all the time too. Like all this, all this, all the stuff she bitches about about like how Democrats are so evil. I'm like, bitch, your district. I looked this up. I looked this up. Her district. I shit you not. Her district is, uh, her her district's median household income is forty seven thousand dollars lower than the American average. Oh my god! So we're yeah, talking. Like, we're maybe, talking like twenty grand. It's like $34,000 or something like that, or $37,000. And it's, I think nationwide, it's like 60 something. I can't remember, but it came out to, yeah, I don't know if it was 47,000, but it was a a huge number. But you want to sit there and just bitch about Democrats and and not do, literally not do anything. In welfare state and all that shit. Yeah, like what does she do for her constituents other than just pander? But it's like, I don't know. Is that what is that what her constituents want? Do they just are they just okay being poor and having some dumb broad blonde bimbo bitch that likes guns? <laughs> Sorry, son of a bitch. Sorry, <laughs> that's what she is. That's not PC, bro. Oh, God, she's the worst. Oh, did you hear about uh, Viagra? At least, at least Lauren Bobert is like moderately attractive. <laughs> yeah, I I did see her in the picture, and I was like, oh yeah, she's. It's still she's a easy on the eyes. It's still a complete <laughs> idiot, but doesn't doesn't change the fact that she's easy uh, on the eyes. Same with AOC. <laughs> true. Um, I'm just going down my list, kind of with you. Uh, did you hear about uh, Viagra? About? Yeah, do, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Do you know what Viagra is, Dan? I've taken <laughs> it a few times. I've enjoyed my experience. I used to roll out of bed a lot, so I take Viagra before I go to sleep. It's like a kickstand. Uh, <laughs> no, but That's apparently enough. down the mic. <laughs> so, uh, just uh, just something I saw that came across my feed that I thought was interesting. It's uh, apparently Viagra may be useful against Alzheimer's and dementia. Stimulate the body, stimulate the mind, man. I guess I'm thinking about it, right? Because normally old men... So it takes care of both heads. <laughs> I was literally at work. I was at work thinking of all the little puns I could say and all the little one-liners for it. He's got a great <laughs> memory, this guy. And I just thought of that one, though. That it actually... It doesn't... Come to find out, Viagra does... Like, okay, you ready for the Jay Leno, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, so this new Viagra thing. Did you guys hear about that? Huh? <laughs> Apparently, Viagra helps uh, Alzheimer's and dementia. Yeah, so it looks like it... um. It helps uh, both heads. It helps both heads. (laughs) 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 That's a new one. I haven't heard that one from you yet. 
Uh, we're getting there. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I got. It's just thinking about like old guys take it. I'm like, I guess it makes sense. <laughs> they all have a bigger smile on their face because they can remember who they are. And you don't need to remember at that point. Like if you have Alzheimer's and you have a boner, it's still great. <laughs> just stick it in anything with a skirt, I guess. <laughs> or not. <laughs> it's, 2020, all right. it's 2020, almost 2022. Did you hear about uh, Fox... <laughs> The war on Christmas at Fox Studios. Wait, what? Oh, yeah. Yes. And somebody light a tree on fire. What a Grinch. You know how I heard about that? Uh, a tweet from either Lauren Pobert or Marjorie. <laughs> They're like, the war on Christmas. I can't remember which one it was, but I looked at it and I think I tweeted something like, oh, no. No. Yeah, it was Lauren Bobert. And I, you know what I tweeted at her? I said, if hyperbole were a person. <laughs> it would be Lauren Bobert, and I added her, and then I I actually posted the definition of hyperbole because I figure most of the people that follow her don't actually know what that word means. Probably not. So I had to actually I had to put it on there. But yeah, that's how I found out actually. So uh, 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 Congresswoman Bobert, thank you so much for bringing that news to me about how there's a war on Christmas. At Fox it is, in my personal opinion, it is fucked up. You know, like who the fuck lights a Christmas tree on fire? <laughs> Christmas is supposed to be nonpartisan. <laughs> Fox News took it so personal, which I get. You know, they sent, you know, they pay all those people minimum wage to go out there and set up a tree oh, for them. The thing that's so stupid about it is it's like the, the like the way like somebody like Lauren Bobert would post about it would be like the left has just they're just running amok now. Now they're just trying intimidation tactics by burning down our Christmas tree. No, it was probably some fucking jackass with mental issues that just decided yeah fox news sucks i guess i'll just burn down their tree <laughs> that'll show them take that <laughs> conservatives <laughs> <laughs> fucking christ that is it is it's is like what a grinch though like for real like it's it, always it, it pisses me off because i think about like if it's that tree it could be any tree dan but for real, it's like, ah, oh, you know, like my son really likes Christmas lights. And now there's people that are in New York that don't, that are, that's just one less festive thing they get to enjoy. Instead, they just have a chard. I think it's National, hilarious. Can I just be honest with you? Like, I straight just, up Griswold that tree. Yeah. <laughs> where are you going to put a tree that chard? Bend over and I'll show you. <laughs> you can't say that. Well, I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god! Uh, yeah, but, yeah. The guy, the guy got arrested. So at least, at least there's that. Back to Tim Gilbert, though, real quick. I just yeah. Sorry, we went on a little bit of a tangent. No, there. it's it's totally fine. I I enjoy shows like that. Um. So, I'm looking at this and I'm going. This was ruled. It wasn't ruled a mistrial, right? Like he was actually convicted. And he's getting a new trial, correct? Do I have that right? Where's that music coming from? Oh, fuck you, Hill. I don't hear it. Okay, good. I heard it. The Hill started playing a video about it. Um, it's like, this is my time, not yours. I'm looking at this and I'm going. When you when you like when you compare this to like the Jesse Smollett situation and like all of like the the the, the stupid stuff that people want to bitch about. And then there's actually like real racism. Like when you, when you look at the fact that this man was, con was a black man convicted by an all white jury 
that convened in a room that displayed a Confederate flag and, and hey, a portrait of Jefferson, Jefferson Davis. Davis. Yep. I, I don't expect anybody to know who that is. Just look up your history. Yeah, uh, Jeff, actually, you know what? That's actually, I might have to brush up on that real quick. Jefferson Davis was the president of the Confederate Confederate nation, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah he, was, okay. he was the president. Okay. I'm so, right. I look at that and I go, like, that's actual blatant racism that people should care about. Where have you seen this story, Corey? Like, it's it's kind of it's kind of hard to find. Yeah, the Hill reported on it, but like these are publications. It's not mainstream media. It's not stuff that's thrown in people's faces, like Jesse Smollett's fake racist attack. And it does, and it's like that's why I was uh, get back to what I was saying earlier. Like, I'm glad that Jesse Smollett was or Jesse Smollett or how, I don't even know how to say his name. Jesse Smollett. <laughs> okay, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> Uh, him being being found guilty legitimizes real racism because now people who try to do the trope of like, oh, look, it's all a stage. It's not because the ones who are trying to put it on stage are the ones that are getting busted for it. Meanwhile, Tim Gilbert is getting an appeal on a court case because he was found guilty in a courtroom. With a portrait of Jefferson Davis, a Confederate flag, and an all-white trial when he's a black man. When you're supposed to have a jury of your peers. Dude, it's like, dude, that's like To Kill a Mockingbird, dude. Like I'm Straight thinking, up. I'm thinking it's that like, is, you're right. like 1932. And it's, it's like you're in like rural Alabama, black man on trial for, I don't know, groping a white woman or whatever the hell the situation would have been back then. Something like probably didn't white even woman. do. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. That that kind of st- like that's what I thought of when I saw that. I was like, really? It's almost 2022, and we're, yeah. like that's still a thing. But that's not reported, right? Unconscious well, credit- bias says what? Credit to the hill. <laughs> credit to the hill for throwing that out there. I think I think the hill in a lot of ways is uh, kind kind of gone to shit. Uh, You're only since- saying that because of breaking points and oh, uh, the rising. Been. But that's the reason they left, right? I mean, yeah. that's the reason they left was because. Crystal and Sager felt that it was kind of going down that road. They, they had people, really... yeah, yeah. They didn't. They don't. They didn't like people. They didn't like overseers kind of digging through the crates on what they're about to talk about. So they went independent. And God bless them because they have a phenomenal show. Pretty much the number one news show in America at this point. It really is, isn't it? They're, Unless like, you it's... consider Joe Rogan to be a news show because he's number one, but but he's not. He's a commenter. He's not really a news show. He has legitimate people on the show. I need to listen to the most recent one with Matt Taibbi, but absolutely. But uh, uh, yeah, he's he's a commenter. No, I don't no. sort. I don't cite Joe Rogan. He's a, he's <laughs> an anti-vaxer. Yeah, and a bad person. He talked to Alex Jones a couple times. He said that internment caps for vac for for infected people are bad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about Omicron a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, you know, Corey brought up a good point before we started the show. Maybe we are talking about COVID a little bit too much, but I think I think it's still important because there's so little agreement on something that is actually pretty simple. You know, it's like yeah. I said last week that the Omicron variant is good news. Now, if I were somebody famous, I would be all over CNN right now 
and being told, don't listen to this person because he is a bad human being. But the data still is suggesting that Omicron is actually a good thing. It's a variant that is more contagious and less deadly. And Corey, you said you you had you had something that actually kind of speaks to that point. Yeah. So this uh, Doctor uh, Arifa Parker, she she's directly from South Africa. She's an internal medicine and infectious disease specialist at the Tigerberg Hospital in Cape Town, and uh, she is saying that. So this, so this is a quote from her. So obviously it's still in the early days, but we what we are seeing, is, and this is a largely anecdotal and based on very early evidence, is that a lot of the cases are milder, but uh, most of the cases are actually, you know, a younger population. So we are, that's, I'm reading her direct quote. And uh, so what we are seeing is that we have, it's probably far more, it's probably far more now over the weekend so we've got more than 90,000 cases in South Africa and probably more than 7,000 cases where I work in Cape Town. And our hospitals are actually not at this point overrun with COVID. And uh, what she's saying potentially is, yes, like we were saying last week, Omicron is probably more contagious, but it's rapidly more mild. So this is this is a doctor. And I've been saying this since the beginning. This is a doctor. On the ground, right in South Africa. Uh, in, okay, in, on yeah. the ground in South Africa. On the I don't where care the case where started. Are. Well, that's where it's. It's. I think it's important to mention because that's where it. Uh, it started. Well, yeah, where it was first found, at least. Uh, but yeah, a doctor that's actually on the ground, treating patients, not a bureaucrat, yeah. not Anthony Fauci. Yeah, you know, not, not yeah, somebody, not Anthony Fauci, who's just not somebody to that has seen the, the patient his entire career. You know, it's somebody that's actually on the ground doing the actual work, seeing the actual patients saying, look, yep, we're seeing a ton more cases, but we're not seeing any more hospitalizations. To me, sorry, that's good news. That that's great news, dude. Thing. That's great news. But how's it being treated? It's oh, being my treated. God. Have you seen the stock market? <laughs> <laughs> Scary new variant. Scary new Scary variant. variant. Everyone's liquidating their assets. I got this. All- I got fucking portfolio dropped a shit ton of money it recovered it recovered uh like i think what would that be tuesday wednesday maybe it recovered yesterday or the day before like everything bounced back and uh we are i think two or three points away actually today it dropped back down a little bit but we're like one or two percentage points away in the dow and the nasdaq from it going erasing all the loss we had from the omicron scare in the beginning which is a good thing if you follow stocks and if you have investments, then if you held on, then you're basically back to where you were before Omegrad came out. But that's just a little side note. Spoken like a true crypto, bro. <laughs> no, I don't I don't even own any crypto. Well, I own Dogecoin, but that's all of my other stocks. They might like sucks to be I don't you. want to get into it. my Apple is doing so good. My <laughs> <laughs> my Apple stock. Yeah. Uh I pulled this from uh it's been in various publications, but uh, this particular uh, piece came from uh, France 24 about how BioNTech and Pfizer are, we're supposed to just believe them, of course, come out and say that a third shot will ne- is, is very effective at neutralizing Omicron. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. First of all, 
I'm not going to take that from a company that stands to benefit from everybody getting a third shot. That's for, that's yep. that's point number one. Point number two is this. And this might sound controversial. <laughs> Who the fuck says we need to neutralize Omicron? Right. If it's if it's if it's a less deadly more but yes, more contagious version of COVID. It could potentially stamp out Delta and Alpha and the variants that are far more deadly that can kill people. We want Omicron like like I'm actually like it's like Is a Omicron team. literally like a vaccine? <laughs> that's that's just that's actually going too far. I'm not gonna say that. But, but it's like a sports <laughs> team, right? Like but between all the rest of them, like I'm rooting for Omicron. Like, let's go. Let's let's let this be the uh the the, the dominant strain. Right. Because I wonder and if that's that means what I have, had. If that means I have to get it, great. I like I I'm I'm good with it. Right. I wonder I will, if that's I, the one that I had. It was will, so mild. It was so mild. So like I think that's in it that could be that could mean one of two things. So the testing wasn't out yet, February, not this year, but the year before when I'm pretty sure I had COVID, but there was no testing for it, but we had all the symptoms. Um, and I got, I got ran through the ringer. I was really sick for a while there. Like I was still going to work because it was pre COVID. So everyone was just like, Oh, you go to work. <laughs> you know, like that's what it was literally a short two years ago compared to this time where they're like, no, you stay home. But uh, this time was far more mild than the last time I was sick when I'm pretty sure I had it. So that means one of two things. I either built up immunity from the first time I had it and still had antibodies, or Omicron really is a less serious illness. Yeah, and I think... Is that fair to say? No, and, and you actually brought up an That's all anecdotal point. evidence. That's my personal thing. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. No, but you bring up, you bring up an interest, interesting point when you talked about how, you know, pre-COVID scare, everybody just went to work. I don't think like what we've learned from this pandemic has uh, I, I don't think it's it's sunk in the way that it should, right? Like, so now it's like, it's getting to the point where, or it's it's been at this point now where if you get sick, you stay home. That wasn't the case pre-COVID. If you get sick, sorry dude, gotta punch a clock. Got to make my money. Got to make money. baby. Gotta, yeah, you got to be a team player. You still got to come to work unless you have a doctor's note. And like, instead of talking about how scary COVID is or was or could have been, why are we not talking more about like, okay, how do we prevent this from happening again? That's not even part of the discussion. We're still on the whole zero COVID thing. Uh, especially in, and we'll get to this in a minute, but countries like New Zealand and Australia, oh my uh, god, certain other places, it's like, and, and and even certain Americans are still on this zero COVID thing. Like, guys, it that's gone. There is going to be no fucking zero COVID. It's it's, right, it's here. here. It's not going anywhere. So what do we do to make sure it doesn't happen again? First of all, we call out Anthony Fauci for being a fucking liar and getting him to admit what he did what his and people where did, he did it and where he did it and who he did it for and why he did it and like that's the thing that that, that makes me so, i think anthony fauci honestly he could have gone because remember how he was hero status when this whole when this whole thing first started you, you know, know he was uh, doing was covering his ass 
Yeah, but it 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 seemed like you know he oh hey he's going against Trump. He's in Trump's administration, but he's going against Trump on on you know trying to make people realize that this is more severe. And at the time, honestly, he was right. You know, it was more severe than the Trump administration was saying that it was. Uh, but all he had to do was come clean. All he had to do was come clean. If he had just come clean. I, I I might still be willing to take Anthony Fauci seriously if he had right. just come clean about what actually happened but in that level it. four lab in, in, in Wuhan. When he spun it and he's like, oh, it's a bat from Laotia. And it's like, yeah, but who brought the bat from Laotia to Wuhan? Laos? Or Laos, yeah. Laotian. Mm-hmm. Laotia. I called it Laotia, didn't I? You I did that. No, the Laotian bat from Laos. Laotian people are from Laos. La- Fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> little tidbit for you. But yeah, he brought the, uh, not him personally, but like the Wuhan lab brought that bat with a virus that has very similar genetic compounds as COVID to the Wuhan lab. And then shortly after, they were scrubbing their emails and scrubbing their database. And then doctors were having undisclosed viruses or undisclosed illnesses. And then, yeah, it just, that's what it all led to. And then you find out that gain of function was outlawed in America until 2017 under a sunset clause under Trump. Fauci was one of the proponents of letting it that sunset clause fail. And now he's trying to redefine the word gain of function. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. It's gross. And when and and how do you how do you talk about preventing this from happening again when we can't even get an admission as to how it actually happened in the first place? And look, I get it. You know, I know I, I can I can hear somebody now screaming into their speakers. We don't know for sure that it came from a lab. All right, I get it. It's You're right. More and more that way. You're right. We don't know 100 percent for sure, and we probably never will. What university was it that was uh, pushing for the grant for gain of function research? In Wuhan, it was something to do with the NIH. I forget the name of the actual university, but there was a university that was pushing for it. Like all the pieces are falling into place for this, and the the idea of it coming from a bat, which I bought the bat thing in the beginning, it made sense. Everybody did. They explained it really, really well. And they explained it away. And the science really that they well. and the science that the the science that they used to explain it doesn't mean that something like this won't happen naturally ever. But this specific case, I think it's safe to say that it didn't occur naturally. All right. Corey Walsh said it. You heard it here on Libservative. He's an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> I just thought I'm about to get my vaccination. <laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I just the whole time I'm in there, I'm like, I don't even want this. <laughs> doesn't matter. Was it, was it Eric Clapton? Eric Clapton was getting called an anti-vaxxer because he got the vaccine and said he had really, really bad reaction to it. It's fucking it's stupid, like, dude. It's insane. Of how, how do you just call somebody an anti-vaxxer that got the vaccine? Right. <laughs> uh, Everyone, he, everyone's talking about Pfizer being this hero, and right now they're lobbying millions of dollars to make it so the they can weaken whistleblower laws. The scarier thing is how this can be used and it's, you know, people call it a conspiracy theory and it's like, you know, that, that COVID can be used for things like mandates and, you know, things like, uh, 
in the case of Australia, putting people in fucking internment camps. Dude, and that's what pisses me off the most is like the people on the right that are all crazy about these conspiracies with Q and lizard people and deep state and all that. Just get a handle on yourself. There's plenty of crazy shit happening in real life. And that maybe if you guys weren't being batshit crazy hanging out there trying to decipher the time that Trump tweeted to make it mean something. When you were talking about how this could possibly lead to something that's happening in Australia, people might have listened. Because they were right about that. They were right about internment camps and FEMA camps. And that's essentially what that is. They just don't have FEMA. It's just a different department. But those are fucking FEMA camps that they're putting people who have been just not even... But just being around somebody who had COVID and they're putting them in camps. Let's hear, let's hear from uh, Haley Hodgson from uh, Australia. She was on the unheard. This was posted by Tim Haynes on real clear politics. Um, Cause I think a lot of people now have seen the viral video of, uh, of Haley sitting on the, the deck and, and talking to the goofballs and the fucking hazmat suits standing 10 rolling feet up on their golf cart. yeah rolling up on their golf cart telling her that she can't take a step down the stairs after she's, by I, the way having a negative test right and she's like on the step on the top but she's like so you mean to tell me right that i can't take two steps down yeah. right there and they're <laughs> like yeah I you're would, fine right if there. i like, was just there <laughs> don't cross the line like I give me a love fucking break all right, let's hear from Haley. On the line from Darwin in the Northern Territories is Haley Hodgson. She has just returned yeah, she's a from a 14-day, let's say, stay at Howard Springs, and she's agreed to tell us all about it. Hi, Haley. Hi, how are you going? So we are really keen to just hear what's happened to you. It sounds like you've had quite an interesting last couple of weeks. Take us right back to the beginning. How did this all start? Okay, so how it all started was um, a friend of mine went to work and got tested for COVID. He had a little bit of a cold. He tested positive. He got put into this quarantine camp um, and then we went about our days as normal and then the investigators starting to knock on our doors and stuff like that. Um, So then what actually happened was I had investigators come I walked out the front of just, just to interrupt you, so how did they investigate you? Were, were you part of a contact tracing kind of list? Or? So they, what they did is how they contacted me was I have a scooter and they ran my number plate and they ran the number plates and seen the footage that I was with the person who had tested positive and that's how they knocked on my door and knew where I lived from running my number plates. Okay. So then do they call you up or did they come straight to the house or what happens next? Yeah, so they came straight to my house. I didn't get a call or anything. I literally walked out the front and it was two undercover investigators and they said, oh, do you know so-and-so? I said, yes. They said, have you been with them? I said, yep. I told them my whereabouts, where I'd been, everything like that. And they said, no worries. And they said, had you had a COVID test done? I said, yes, I had when I had it just because I was so scared of in the moment and I've been to one of these quarantine camps before, only literally a month before this. So I know what it was like. I was just really scared. It was just a horrible position to be in and I just I just lied and said, look, yeah, I have when I had. They said, you know, they, they drove off. About five minutes later they called me and they said, we've tried to check the system and your name's nowhere. We can't find you. And I said, look, I've lied to you. I'm completely sorry. I, I'm so apologetic you know, I'm I'm scared. I don't want to, you know, this is just such a scary thing. Um, and they said, yep, righto, 
stay there. Someone's going to come and test you. I said, all right. So I stayed there and I just waited for someone to come and test me. No one came to test me. The next people who rocked up at my house were two other police officers. They blocked my driveway. These are are actually uniformed police officers, normal police officers. So then the police officers blocked my driveway. I walked out and I said, what's going on? Are you guys testing me for COVID? What's happening? They said, no, you're getting taken away and you have no choice. You're going to Howard Springs. Um, You either come with us now um, and we'll put you in the back of the Divi van. So, or you can have a choice to get a COVID cab. So, of course, I chose the COVID cab because I said, well, if we're to take you, we're going to um, hand you a $5,000 fine. So, of course, I didn't want that to happen. So I just said, look, I don't consent to this. I don't I don't understand why I can't just self-isolate at home like a lot of other people are doing. Um, and they just said, we've just been told from higher up where to take you, and that's all that there is. So Howard Springs is the biggest COVID camp in Australia, isn't it? It's like how they give it a real nice name. That is built. This is like, a, like it's a resort. Yeah. So yeah, that place, dude. They are literally bringing in now hundreds of people that are of close contact or that have COVID. So it doesn't even matter if you test negative on your first test, your second, or your third. They need to because you're a close contact. You have to stay in there for fourteen days no matter what. So let's get back to this situation at your house. So these two policemen, what is the choice they give you exactly? Come with us in this van or you get a $5,000 fine. Yeah, so you come with us, we take you there and you're given a $5,000 fine or we will call a COVID cab and we will not fine you. So it's pretty much you have to consent, otherwise you're getting a $5,000 fine. Okay, so then... Some hours later, the COVID cab arrives. Yeah, it was probably the policeman stayed at my driveway until this cab came. They said, can you please go pack a bag? So I went and packed a bag. And whilst I was packing my bag, I had my housemates at the front speaking to them. And they said, is she able to just do a test? And once that test comes back negative, is she able to you know, leave and come and come back to normal life. Um, and they, these police officers said, yes, we're pretty sure you, that all you have to do is return a negative test and you'll be released. So that gave me, you know, that calmed me down knowing, okay, well, if I return a negative test, I can just go back home. So I got in the COVID cab and the police... I think we've got up. some footage that your mum took, actually, that we can play of you waving goodbye and getting into the back of a van. I've just um, come and she's, she's being taken away. But look at the COVID van. How professional. Long live COVID. It's a COVID taxi, but it's actually a casino bus. So driving there and then the police, or police escorted me in and then... I never seen them police again. They left. They weren't allowed into the facility. So then new police came and they they were in charge. Obviously, I was very distressed. I was crying. I was saying, this isn't fair. You know, it was just horrible to go through. And I 
I stood there and I just said, can I please have a test now because I need these test results back as I will be negative. And I, I later on I was negative. The whole time I was there I was negative. Um, and I said, once these go negative, am I allowed to leave? And she said, no, you're here for the 14 days. But the and first I time stayed. you found out that you were there for 14 days was when you arrived? Yeah. After she tested negative. Yeah, so... That's insane. What dude, kills... Go ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I've seen this before. So you give me your your give, you give me your instant reaction to that. A year and a half ago, when COVID was first happening, and all the right wing conspiracy nut jobs were out there yelling, "They're going to be putting us in FEMA camps," which here, like, was essentially what that program is there. Like I was mentioning earlier, we called them crazy, and said you should invest in rental drap for how much tinfoil you're buying for your hats. And now there are literal internment camps. I'm not going to call them concentration camps or anything like that, but this is an internment camp. They're holding people in a collective area in a camp because of they might potentially have COVID. Holding people in a camp for against their will she was literally told against their will for some sort of trait that they have whether it's race or having a a a, a supposed exposure to a disease that is a trait she didn't commit a crime okay yeah when you said race i I was i got i was like what do you mean race but yeah they just she's being put there based on one characteristic trait race Race, religion religion. or or being exposed to a disease to a disease you you are holding somebody in a camp against their will. And like this, I, I can already hear the argument against this. Why aren't more, you know, fr- from, from, from the left that want to say that this, like, this is sensationalized, right? Why aren't more Australians speaking out about this? Okay. Well, we saw the camp, you know, you, 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 you saw the, the, uh, the video, like it's, it's there. It's a thing. Like, yeah. Is this whole thing staged? The Jesse Smollett situation? Is that what this is? Why would Australia do that unless they're actually doing it? It just, yeah, it does. It blows my mind that that this was literally something that I made fun of people for (laughs) a year and a half ago. And now it's actually happening. I mean, it's not happening here. No. But it's like... Thank God for our Constitution and for the Second Amendment because we won't allow that to happen. You want to see... I mean, it, it just... It, it it frustrates the hell out of me because it's like, dude, the as we go on, we just talked about Omicron, right? Right. It just seems to be getting less and less deadly. And then you have countries like Australia that are still treating this like anybody who has COVID is going to kill 100,000 people. And then you, you you have people like her that are in an, in an internment camp for 14 days against her will in this right. tiny little cabin. And I'm like, she was fed. She was well taken care of, right? Like, but so are fucking prisoners, right? They're all fed. Right. They're all it, let out. It hits home because of the fact that my family just went through having COVID. And you mean to tell me that if I lived in Australia, I would have had to pack up my two-year-old son and my wife and go sit in that small-ass little cottage they have and not leave the fucking porch and then keep a two-year-old in that house and not go days. fucking insane? For 14 days. And not go insane? What kind of toll is this going to have on people? Like, what would, like, 
when you can't explain things like that to your kid, like, I, uh, it's just, it's absolutely insane, man. I, it's, it's, I'm sorry to everyone I called crazy. And it, yeah, and it's real and it's actually happening. It's actually happening. Lauren Bobert, you were right. <laughs> did that hurt? Did it hurt saying that? Marjorie Taylor Greene, you were right. Yeah, but that's not even the stuff they talk about. The stuff they talk about is how evil Democrats are. Uh, man, it it does. It's it's absolutely insane to me. It's over a virus that we know how to handle for the most part, and like we can cure people. And like the only sticking point we have is hospital overcrowding. But Australia doesn't have hospital overcrowding. <laughs> how the hell did Omicron get there in the first place if only vaccinated people are allowed in and out? Corey, they don't have hospital overcrowding because they're putting people in internment camps. You don't know that? <laughs> <laughs> right. And so what this tells me, though, is someone that was vaccinated is the one who brought it into the country in the first place because you're only allowed to go in or leave Australia if you're vaccinated. Well, that we already knew. Dr. Dr. Talk about the Lord himself said it was mRNA. It was a leaky virus. Leaky vaccine, yeah. Or leaky vaccine, yeah. You want to, you you want to, I guess this, this kind of ties in. You want to talk about federal agencies paying $548 million in recent years <laughs> to informants? <laughs> oh, you mean like the informant that helped try to make the plot to kidnap our own governor? Or, or the, the, what was it? 10 out of 13 people <laughs> were, were that showed up for informants. Well, yeah, for that, the second, uh, uh, protest at the Capitol. It was basically all informants. <laughs> no one else showed up. You you sent me this story, and I, when I looked at it, I was I was zero percent surprised. I was not even shocked to see that amount of money. Our taxpayer dollars, by the way, are spent paying informants five hundred forty eight million dollars. It just says it, I don't even did it even give a time frame. I think it just said in recent years, or maybe that's just the headline. But it hasn't been that long of a time frame. They were paying these people to basically go out and entrap people. Essentially is what we're talking about, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. There it's, people are getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to be this informant, but you have to deliver on stuff, so you create things to make them happen, to make money. Agent provocateurs. And I was, I, I was listening to, to Matt Taibbi on Joe Rogan the other day. or Actually, no, I finished that episode today. And um, I trust Matt. I absolutely fucking love his journalism. He's one of the, the last bastions of actual journalism left in this yeah, country. Matt Taibbi is a, is a saint. And he brought up a great point. He's like, this isn't, you know, this isn't new. This has been going on for decades. The only difference is the target has changed. For the longest time, it was people on the left. It was, you know, communists that were targeted. You know, it was the infiltration of the Black Panthers. It yeah. was... Uh, uh, you know, Hemingway. Very, yeah, yeah, exactly. Various, <laughs> various, like Cuba, various other examples of that, like trying to snuff out communism, and we found out that didn't work. Right, Cuba's still doing okay. Uh, Russia's still doing okay. All these leftist nations are still doing okay. I know, I know. I'm supporting communism by saying that they're actually doing okay. And uh, look, and he, real quick, that sticking point. When you say that, it's like it's uh. It's not supporting or not, it's like not whether you're support whether you're supporting or not like another country's form of government and how they placate to their people and how they 
do their day-to-day biddings and their living and how they live. And they're sovereign countries. It doesn't matter if they're communist. They're not us. We're not communist. We have to stop the spread of communism, Corey. Oh, God. We got to stop the spread of COVID and communism. Man, Biden must be busy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, falling asleep in meetings. <laughs> Uh, yes. Hold on, this one might be better. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> but yeah, the the five hundred million dollars spent on uh, FBI informants who were just trying to entrap people and uh, and yeah, and to speak to that point, it it switched sides now. Crimes. Now 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 yeah. we're now yeah, we're yeah, trying yeah. to catch the MAGA people. Now it's it's the MAGA people. Yeah. I mean, the, oh, the Governor Whipper plot is a great example of that. Right. Yeah, the Governor Whitmer plot, the ones that were involved in the uh, January 6th uh, riots, the ones that were involved in like the protest after that, that they were trying to find people. It's absolutely insane to be mad. And the like, January 6th thing has turned into a, a complete shit show of idiocy from both sides of the aisle at this point, because now it's all about, well, got to make sure we hold people accountable and making it seem worse than it is. To seem oh, yeah, worse right than- here. In the Forbes article, on September, the New York Times reported a bit of a bombshell. At least two informants embedded it with the U.S. Capitol crowd were in close contact with the FBI, with their FBI handlers on January 6th. Uh, informant, according to uh, as reporter Julie Kelly at, at American Greatness detailed, an informant, according to a confidential documents furnished to the paper, started working with the FBI in July 2020 and was close con and was in close contact with the FBI handler before, during, and after the Capitol protests. In recent congressional testimony, uh, Representative Thomas Massey, Republican from Kentucky, played a video montage of a man encouraging election protesters to go into the Capitol on January 6th. Rep. Massey asked Attorney General Merrick Garland if the man was an FBI agent provocateur. Garland refused to comment on the ongoing investigation. Many suspect that the man was working with the federal authorities before, during, and after the events of the U.S. Capitol built at the U.S. He apparently has not been charged. I forget his name, but he was an FBI that video trying to get people to go into the Capitol and he was an informant for the. So, I mean, that just goes to show you the FBI knew what the hell was going on that day. You know, did, does it, is it, does it excuse the actions of the people that took place in that event? Of course. No, not. no, no. And I'm not blaming the FBI for that happening, but they knew that's called entrapment, bro. That's what they do. That's their, that's their uh, mantra. Just because they got to rob people. Like- Take these they poor, mentally to, unstable people. They have to appear like they're bullshit. doing something. What about all the unsolved murders in just our hometown here of Detroit? How what about, about the south side of Chicago? Backlog you think you have of rape cases. All of it. But no, we have to make sure that we uh, we, we 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 have to we have to find all the people that uh, invaded the Capitol on January sixth. And look, it's not it's not something that we that you and I condoned. It's it you know it was it was it was a horrible event in our history, and it was perpetuated by fucking morons. There's no there's no there's no debating that, but it, it's it's turned into as everything does when we talk about our politics. It's turned into 
culture war bullshit instead of being what it's actually about. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's turned into a shit show from both sides of the aisle. You've got, uh, I don't know if you saw the picture of, uh, uh, it was Marjorie Taylor Greene and a couple other senators, and she's got her fucking, <laughs> she looked like she just smelled a fart when she's talking about the, 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 the January 6th committee. While her fucking constituents are making $47,000 a year less than the American average. But she's worried about people getting fair treatment for January 6th. And, by the way, perhaps making sure that she's not incriminated. Yeah. Because that's still part of the conversation. She's, she's pulling a Fauci and just trying to disperse the spread. or the, Yeah, disperse the uh, the blame. And then, and then on the other side of the aisle, like the, the liberals, they can't, they just can't let it go. Like the committee's done its job. People have been arrested, but, but it's still like, I guarantee you, this is what's going to happen. And this is going to be so infuriating and it's going to make me not even want to go to the polls in 2022. What do you think Democrats are going to run on in 2022? We have to we're prevent January 6th. We we're, ha- not we're not Trump. Trump and we have to prevent another January 6th. And what are Republicans going to run on? Basically nothing. Basically what they're going to say is... They're going to run on, we're not Democrats. Yeah, Biden Biden didn't fix the economy, so we can't be worse than him. I'm so fucking tired of these two bullshit parties running on... They're actually running on the lesser of two evils platform at this point, Corey. Because that's the way that we've decided to vote for the past six election cycles. Yeah, I'm not Trump. Yeah. I'm not Biden. We're not those socialist Democrats. And that's Meanwhile, the, thing too, the rest right? of the Americans are just having stagnant, wa- stagnant wages, working more hours for less pay. And that's the thing, too, right, Corey? Like, you, you can't where – where I get frustrated is when the actual politicians blame voters, right? Like when Hillary Clinton went out and wanted to blame the basket of deplorables – uh, for the reason that she didn't get elected in 2016, or the you know, Russians and the deplorables, yeah. uh, or, or or Trump blaming voters, or whatever it is, I have an issue with politicians blaming voters for why they didn't get elected. Like we've reached this point where like politicians are actually judging voters more than voters are actually judging politicians. But it's not to say that me as a voter. I it I I can I can critique voters, but I'm not going to sit there and go like, oh, uh, you know, it's voters' fault that uh, Trump got elected in 2016. But what I can blame voters for, well, it is technically, it's just it doesn't Democrats work. ran a lame ass candidate against a bombastic man who has charisma. But at the so end the of the day, decided to vote with the Republicans. And that's the thing is like at the end of the day, that's not the voters' fault. Like, right. have you, a better constituent. Or, I mean, have a better and, candidate. But what you can blame voters for, and what I am openly willing to blame voters for, is just not demanding better, just buying all of this bullshit and continuing to vote. Well, I don't know, this doesn't feel good, but I guess I'll fill in this bubble because it doesn't look as bad as. Like, when did we get to this point in America where it's just like. You know, we're like fucking droopy from the old Looney Tunes cartoons. Well, I guess I'll just fill in this bubble because that guy sucks even more. Instead of, you know, demanding more. We just don't demand enough. That is the voters' fault. 
Yeah. And they're all right now, everyone's talking about either the Build Back Better plan or uh, January 6th. This is a nice little segue for you. Meanwhile, Pfizer is lobbying against whistleblower laws, dropping millions of dollars. Not just that, but also Twitter, this new Twitter news. Yeah. So the the Pfizer thing is interesting because they already know they're – They've already kind of been busted. There's already been one whistleblower that's come out. In 2009, they were they were uh, selling off-label drugs that weren't approved by the FDA. And there's also, I can't remember, I'd have to look it up. Uh, we'll, we'll let the listeners listen, look it up themselves. I can't remember if it was Pfizer or Moderna. I believe it was Pfizer. You know, they've already been called out for, during the, the, the vaccine trials, not having... Uh, proper not having the the proper protocol in the places that, that, that they were conducting these trials that's already come out yeah and i believe that was pfizer i could be wrong it might have been moderna or biontech but i believe it was pfizer yeah, i think it was pfizer so yeah of course of course you want whistleblower laws but yeah, so in 2009, Pfizer paid $2.3 billion in criminal and civil fines to set out allegations that the company illegally marketed several drugs for off-label purposes that were specifically not approved by the Food and Drug Administration. The company instructed its marketing team to advertise Bextra, which was approved only for arthritis and menstrual cramps, for acute and surgical pain issues. The lawsuit, brought under the False Claims Act through the actions of six whistleblowers, and in one of the largest healthcare fraud settlements in history for $2.3 billion. And that was... And they seem years to be ago, doing just fine. Years ago. And they see, yeah, they seem to be doing just fine. Because now they're talking about how in their whole bottom line, the vaccines are now a part of like one of their sources of uh, revenue. And that is... And so now they're spending millions of dollars to what... Here's what's funny and interesting. We want, we're just shitting on Republicans. Yeah. But... um. Let me see if I can find his name. I forget his name. He's a Republican, and he's trying to strengthen the uh, whistleblower laws. Chuck Grassley. The whole culture of Pfizer is driven by sales, and if you didn't sell drugs illegally, you were not seen as a team. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not the part I'm looking for. The Grassley Initiative. <laughs> that was someone who said uh, that was John Kopchinski. He was a one of the Pfizer whistleblowers saying that the whole culture of Pfizer is driven by sales. And if you didn't sell drugs illegally, you were not as seen, you were not seen as a team player. Uh, but yeah, Republican Chuck Grassley is uh, trying to make it to where the laws for uh, whistleblowers are stronger. And there's a bunch of pushback from none others than Democrats. Let me see if I can find the actual quote. Even though didn't didn't the Obama administration actually strengthen the ability for whistleblowers? Am I I could be crazy. Am I crazy? Um I'm not sure. I know Biden actually did. Um right. sometimes I don't know what the fuck I'm talking so, about, but I feel like that's the case. I just I don't know. I don't know if Obama did or not. I feel like he did, but at the same time when we had whistleblowers like uh, what's his name? Edward Snowden. Now that guy's hiding out in Russia. An American hero. You know, uh, that's Julian an actual Assange. American hero. Julian Assange. You know, that happened. A lot of that happened under Biden. So, and that's, that's the thing too. Like, this is something I wanted to get to earlier. So I'm glad you brought this back up, which is that 
these vaccines can be both scientific miracles and medical miracles and be safe and be effective. But and, it's diluted by the money. And they can also be a grift for the pharmaceutical companies. Like both yeah, things can it, be true. Yep. And let me say this, because if it was really about taking care of people and getting people healthy, then the tax funded research that went into all of these vaccines that we paid for with our taxes wouldn't be now having the patents that these private companies have for the research that we paid for. I want to really, really drive that home. We paid for these vaccines with our taxpayer money. It should be a public good, a public service now, not owned privately with patents by these companies to where we have South Africa, where we just talked about how now they're having a surge of Omicron, which might have been avoided if we let them have the patent of how to make this vaccine. Instead, we have scientists in South Africa scrambling to reverse engineer the Moderna vaccine because none of these big pharma companies will just let people know how to make it. If it was about saving lives, then we would be trying to actually save lives at all costs, not worried about bottom lines. Not only that, Corey, and your point is very well taken, but are you trying to tell me that there's an aspect of socialism that might have benefited Quite possibly. <laughs> the world? Yeah. I mean, socialism paid for it. 100%. It was funded by our tax money. The government paid for the research. And then these private companies took it and ran. No, and what's funny is, I'm not listening to this show no more. I'm out of here. Right. But that's what's funny is this isn't something new. This has been something that's been going on forever. Uh, what's his name? Bernie Sanders was on one of his little what's platform his, oh, talking what's his name? <laughs> oh, what's his name? He was talking about this in 2016 of how we spend millions of dollars in public colleges with taxpayer money doing research and finding cures of different diseases and making medicines and stuff like that. And then these big pharma corporations come in, swoop in with their bags of money and then buy the patent and then profit on it. When we're the ones that are paying for it, they have no overhead and then they get the benefit from it. It's like NCAA football compared to, uh, compared to the NFL. It's like a free farm system. Well, not anymore. Because now college it's players. It's funny that make, they're both colleges, actually. Yeah, college players can make money off their likeness, at least now. So that's that. So if that can happen, you know, maybe. Yeah, we can, let's actually let's real quick let's give out McNamara a shout out because he's taking some of his likeness money and giving it to the Oxford families and stuff. That's yeah, that's absolutely true. And and more has come out about that, and we'll probably talk about a little bit more about the Oxford shooting going forward, uh, particularly as the uh, the parents. How shitty those parents are. Oh my God, dude! Exactly. It's not even just that, and we we can touch on it here for a second because it it's not even just that. But like, I don't think people really understand how hard a shooting hits a community unless they're in it. And what I mean by that is, you know, this is the first one that's happened in the Metro Detroit area, and like the aftermath of it. I mean, schools are closed like every goddamn day now because. What happens? You have copycats. You have people throwing stuff on Snapchat. You have, you know, uh, and, and, and you know what? They're probably all fake, but the shitty part about it is you can't, you have to take every single one seriously yeah, for obvious reasons. 
and so like and guess it away which is in certain way and we, this might come out a little bit later that might be kind of what happened at oxford is that there were certain things that weren't taken seriously and you know i'm that's not that's what gonna, it's kind of looking like I, and we're not gonna, we don't know anything yet we're not gonna we're not gonna say anything for sure but you know there's a chance the school might be a little bit culpable here uh but yeah, I it's, find out with these lawsuits because a hundred million dollar lawsuit now filed against them, and I was thinking about that too. And it's like ultimately, who pays for that? Now the other students. Now the school is going to have to possibly give up a hundred million dollars. That's going to be taken away from education for those other students. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's this is one of the bummers. It's of the warranted. It's if if the if the school is found negligible, the families that lost loved ones and the kids that lost their lives, there should be some compensation, but the money is still going to come from helping other kids. It's just kind of a shitty. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't think people that haven't been around in a community or near a community that's had a school shooting. I don't, I just, it, when I say that it it just hits differently when it's near you, it really does. And, and, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, I, I don't see a lot of coverage of this already. Already. Yeah, it already like, gets pushed under the rug. It's just it's gone for our news cycle. Yeah. It's absolutely gone. And and that's what I like in my mantra or in my monologue last week. That's what I was talking about. Like this isn't normal and it shouldn't be normalized. And I feel like that these are just kind of just now becoming just You know what's when funny? You go is- out, it's it's become just one more risk that eh, it might happen. Like when I get in my car and drive to work, I might get in a car accident. It's just it's an assumed risk at this point in America. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't happen in any other country. In the and world. I know people that so it have, is frustrating. I know people that have kids that are of you know elementary school age, middle school age, high school age, and I look at it and I can't know because I don't have kids. And you you have a, a kid, Corey, but you don't have anybody. You don't have a child that's of that age yet. He goes to a school every day, and it's honestly it's something that I do have to think about. So even you would think about it, but like you know i'm I'm afraid to send my kid to school now and it's like right, because I, little... I think that's i think I, I honestly like my reaction to that is that sounds kind of silly but at the end of the day i have no idea what it's like to send a kid off to school every day right yeah no so like a little bit of anecdotal you know not necessarily evidence but anecdotal story or whatever um you know my wife's a teacher and so she works at different Montessori schools that have classes for, you know, one and two year olds and stuff like that. And it did, it used to, like now she's at a different school, but before the school she's at now, she was working at a Muslim school. It was a Montessori school for Muslim children. And it was honestly something that I had to worry about because of the fact that Muslim people are targeted by extreme white, you know, extremists. And my kid is going to this school that had that Bloomfield Hill or Beverly Hills, Michigan had an officer that was designated to just kind of hang around that school because it's technically a target because of the religion of some of the people that went there. Now we're not Muslim. Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills. It's just like the Beverly Hills you think of in California. It's a lot of white people (laughs) with a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. With a lot of money. Exactly. But there'll be there'll be more that come. I actually thought this story might take off because of the parent angle, didn't but it you? Really didn't. That's what's weird, man. It's it's crazy. I, I mean, it might come back. We'll see. I, I I you know, I hope it does. But for the right reasons, Omicron came up. That's true. Yeah, gotta get 
got to got to cover that Omicron. Uh, do you have anything else before I get to my monologue, Corey? Um, let me see. Uh, we talked about the Pfizer whistleblower law. Um, I think we actually covered everything this time. Yep. Oh, Nathan Heidelberg was another person who shot a cop who came into his house. He was acquitted of murder. He was a white guy, um, though, so nobody cares. Oh, vaccine mandates are blocked by the Senate. Ah, that's huge. That's a yes. good one. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, a 52-48 vote, two people, two Democrats broke uh, party lines. Uh, I'm going to see if I can find the other one, but can you guess? If you could guess who broke the party lines, I don't know if you read the article or not. I did not. Which dem- If you could guess which Democrats broke party lines, which ones would you guess it was? Mansion and Cinema. <laughs> you were right on one. <laughs> okay. It was a uh, mansion of West Virginia and John Tester of Montana. I would never have gotten that, but I'm glad I got one. <laughs> yeah, you did. Fifty percent. You know, it's an it's, um, I mean, it's a great batting average. It's a getting vaccinated school. should be a decision between an individual and his or her doctor. It shouldn't be up to any politician, especially in a mandate coming down from the highest authority, the president, Senator Mike Braun from a Republican from Indiana, said. But yeah, it's largely symbolic because it's going to go to the house, and the house is going to be like, "Oh, well, we're gonna, we're all for it." So they're going to definitely, probably not vote it down as well. But uh, they're able to get away with it because it's a, um, let me see if I can find it real quick. I'm on NPR.org. It's a, it's something that can be done with a simple majority. The Republicans used a law called the Congressional Review Act, which allows Congress to overturn federal regulations and requires just a simple majority vote in both the Senate and the House. God, I love the checks and balances in this country. Our founding yeah. fathers were so damn smart. And as if, much as we did, some of them could just have a run with it, we would literally, I would have been in an internment camp last week if I was in Australia, dude. That's true. And, and as much as we bitch, and as much as our system is imperfect, because it is definitely imperfect, you know. I mean, Roe v. Wade looks like it's probably going to be overturned. So, oh, that's so gross. Definitely imperfect. Uh, it's insane to me that the same people that are advocating for body autonomy and individuality and personal liberty are also trying to take away personal liberty, body autonomy. And then, you know what the funny part is, Corey? You could reverse that too. Because that's you what go, happened. Yeah. You it could is, reverse it the other insane. way. Yep, it's insane it's to me. It's insane right. to me. Yeah. Why can't people just be like, body autonomy is body autonomy? Like the libertarians. What if we get a showdown? So I was listening to, recently. The Reason Roundtable was talking about this. And they were to actually talk, which is nice to hear. And I think it gives like the party, like I'm going off on a tangent here, but it gives the party a little bit of clout because they have self-reflection. And they were talking about how their party, like since the 90s, like had a lot of crazies in it, crazies in it. And like how they're kind of like, now that they're getting more mainstream, like they have to get their kind of ducks in a row. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not just acting all nuts and like they're talking saying about that same thing about the green party forever right and uh they're talking about how it might come to like they said the best chance that libertarians might have in 2024 if it's joe biden and trump because of just for the mash a mash runs that it might actually be a libertarian president i mean no <laughs> oh you wouldn't no way if justin amas was on the ticket I Not a chance. It would, you know what it would be? You know what it would be? And and I, I would I would accept this. It would be another Ross Perot situation at best. Would Justin Amash steal votes for Republicans or Democrats, though? 
It doesn't matter. I don't care at this point. <laughs> I really don't give a shit. Um, oh, Saudi update. So, remember, like, what was it? Not last week, but two weeks ago, we had a red pill, blue pill. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, morality versus policy when it came to Saudi Arabia with our oil prices. And we were like, well, you know, it, you know, like, we should probably call out a prince if he's murdering people. But then... <laughs> the White House turns around and is like, yeah, we're going to sell missiles to Saudi Arabia. And it was funny because when you hear the soundbite, uh, Bernie Sanders and Rand Paul were actually in agreement that we shouldn't do that. And the White House came out and said they strongly oppose the joint resolution of disapproval to block the proposed $650 million weapon sale to Saudi. So the Senate was like, yeah, we don't want to do this. And I was like, yeah, but we want to. <laughs> It's insane to me. It's absolutely insane. So it's like, where are you at? Like, what? What is it, Biden? You don't want to work with these guys, or you want to work he with these guys? Forgot. He probably <laughs> he, did. Yeah. He just he just forgot. Oh, I have another little uh, quip for you. The WTA, which is the World Tennis or, uh, Association or whatever, or Women's Tennis Association, the ball. So I, I wrote WTA. The tennis balls may be smaller, but they have more weight compared to the NBA opposing mm-hmm. China. <laughs> Remember the NBA kowtowed to China, but WTA was like, fuck off. I totally get the sentiment. I do. I, and and it's it's not wrong. However, the WTA doesn't make anywhere near the amount of money in China that the NBA does. Like, it's not. It's not apples to apples. It's not an apples to apples comparison. I mean, the WTA did the right thing and the NBA still did the wrong thing. But right. again, you still got to follow the money. It's not apples to apples all at money. all. Uh, what was the girl's name? The one that's like kind of held hostage right now. I for- I already forgot. I'm sorry. I bet you if I just look up Chinese uh, tennis player. Peng. It's, it is Peng. It's something Peng, right? Yeah. She came out and said that one of the top officials in China sexually assaulted her. And then it didn't. As soon as she said that, all of her social media accounts went dark. She disappeared. And then there was like a, like almost like a hostage video. It looked like essentially of her going, oh, totally oh no, video. I'm fine. Uh, it didn't happen. Everything's good. Heh heh. Heh heh. And then I was saying, uh, um, LeBron attacks Rittenhouse, but grabs his ankles for the CCP. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he attacked the little eighteen-year-old kid, but he grabbed, but he bends over for the CCP. You know what? You know what? And, and I was funny. I, you so know he was, came out. Um, he uh, remember LeBron was talking mad shit about Kyle Rittenhouse, saying like, "All oh, those tears are fake," and this and that. And then Kyle Rittenhouse comes out and he goes, I was a Lakers fan too before he said that. He goes, I was really pissed off when he said that because I liked LeBron. But then I'm like, you know what? Fuck you, LeBron. Because <laughs> he was, he's like, he, it's, it, it's so funny, dude. It cracks me up this Rittenhouse kid. Like, the right who's portrayed him as this hero. Like, Rittenhouse comes out. He's like, no, I'm supporting a Black Lives Matter. I like, he just said, I like, I liked LeBron James and the Lakers and then he attacked me. So it's like, fuck you, dude. But yeah, it's just, it's he, insane. You know what's going to happen? Yeah, I, I'm going to make a prediction about Kyle Rittenhouse. That dude is going to do one of two things. 
He's either going to be a legitimate celebrity someday, or he is going to be the living under an, he, he, no, he's no, he's going to be living under an overpass doing drugs. That it's going to be one or the other because he has been thrust into this celebrity for better or worse that he's not ready for, and he's either going to handle it or he's not. Yeah, because it ain't going away. Hopefully, he gets himself a little agent or manager. I mean, I'm rooting for the best. I'm rooting for the better, the better version of that. But it's going to be one or the other. He's gonna um, he's gonna either end up on Dancing with the Stars one day. <laughs> Kyle Rittenhouse, the man who shot three people, coming out here. Funny if he dances to Bob Marley's "I Shot the Sheriff," coming out here with Shakira. <laughs> oh um, man, is Don Lemon the next on the chopping block? I fucking forgot about Don Lemon. Here's the thing. He did the same unethical thing that Chris Cuomo did, mm-hmm. but it's For definitely less of a, it's definitely less of a big deal. Yeah, because it, it wasn't really about is. sexual assault. It was about him just. Yeah, he. I guess he was like messaging him and saying that they're on to you about your case or yeah, something. They, the cops don't believe you. Up. Basically, basically, there's also a sexual assault allegation against him right now too. And it's funny because we were just talking about that in the last episode of like what would happen if it was a gay person, you know, like Rachel Maddow or Don Lemon. And it's literally the name we used, and then this, and then like later it comes out there's a sexual assault charge against him. Is Don Lemon actually gay? Yeah, I guess so. I did not know that. Good for yeah. him, right? Don Lemon. He just gets lost in the Anderson Cooper aura, I guess. <laughs> I guess that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, accused of detailed sex assault, sexual assault allegations against. Yeah, he said he was at a bar and Don Lemon was just acting a fool. Some I did good not news know for Don uh, Lemon was gay. You learn something new every day. Right? I think so. I'm going to look it up. Oh, yeah. And now, now we're saying things that aren't true. Just look up. Just Google Don Lemon wife. <laughs> I just looked up as Don Lemon gay. Uh, it looks like he is. Yes, he's. Uh, looks like he's married to a white guy. There you go. Good for him. Don Lemon is happily engaged to Tim Malone. Is he related to Robert Malone, the doctor who made the mRNA vaccine? Yep, he was happily engaged as of April 2nd, 2021 to a white man named Don Malone. Well, good for him. I'm not upset He's about ra- that. No, yeah, Don Lemon's but... racist. He hates black people. Yeah. That's Look a joke. Him. It's a joke. It's comedy. It's a black. joke. Fuck you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know Don Lemon was gay. Yeah, there you go. I had no idea. Um, a good thing for uh, Michiganders or Michiganians. I prefer Michiganders. I think that's agreed. Actual, yeah, we're supposed to say it's Michiganders. We're getting uh four hundred dollar refunds on our insurance, our car insurance. All right, thanks, Big Gretch. Thanks, thanks, old Big Gretch. And then uh, the other one I have is uh. There's a revote in the Amazon, one of the Amazon uh, plants for, um, what's it called, for joining a union after everyone made it clear that Amazon was fuck them to over. stifle votes and fuck them over. And, you know, like right now under Biden, you know, say what you want about the guy. You know, we talk about how shitty he is, but he does have people in his, uh, the labor, what is it, the national labor Regulatory Association. It's one of those things. One of the one of the alphabet bureaucratic groups 
in our government is way far more pro-union with who put Biden put in there versus what we had with Trump. So might actually see something good come out of that. And then oh, that yeah. wraps up everything I had. So let's get to the right. monologue, Dan. We all live in a binary world, and you are a binary sloth. Mutual exclusivity isn't that rare in life. Certain things simply cannot occur at the same time. An object cannot be sinking and floating at the same time. The two things are mutually exclusive. A car cannot be accelerating and decelerating at the same time. A football team cannot be winning and losing a game at the same time. A man cannot urinate and ejaculate at the same time due to God's wonderful invention, the urethral sphincter, mutually exclusive. Notice how these things mostly involve objects doing simple things. It is or it is not, to quote Yoda. It is one or it is two, simple. However, mutual exclusivity almost never applies to complicated, nuanced things, particularly those things involving opinion. Saying things like, you won't get a COVID vaccine, so you're against vaccines and you're a de facto murderer, and you hate old people. Or, you're pro-choice, so you believe in murdering babies. These are inherently stupid things to say. So why do people say them? Why do we feel the need to place these horrible accusations on people we disagree with, knowing full well they aren't true? To put it quite simply, we're lazy and soft. We see it everywhere we go in America and throughout the Western world. How do so many of us get our meals? Taco Bell, McDonald's, pizza delivery, DoorDash, Uber Eats, etc. Why spend time cooking something or finding good meat when you can go grab fast food or have something delivered to you? Even though those small meat markets that you could get a really good cut of beef or whatever you want from could really use your business right now. If you get that delivery, you don't have to pause your Netflix or put down your Xbox controller and you get tasty food delivered right to you. We consume our politics very much the same way. Easy, cheap, binary. Donald Trump says the election was stolen and Alex Jones thinks lizard people are running a pedophile ring under a pizza joint? Sure. Why not? Just give me more pizza. Hillary Clinton says that anyone who supports Donald Trump is a racist, a homophobe, and an inherently bad person? Sounds good. Where the hell is that delivery guy? No tip for his dumb ass. Oh, sorry. He's a person of color. He gets extra because he needs handouts. It gets worse every day. If you voted Democrat, you can't support the Second Amendment. If you voted Republican, you can't possibly be friends with a person of color. It's impossible to be pro-vaccine but anti-mandate. If you wear a MAGA hat, you must have called a brown person a towel head at some point today. You fucking bastard. Should have gone to college. The thing is, 
None of these things are binary, but we're lazy. It's so much easier and convenient to read a few tweets from people that we agree with about people that we disagree with so we can call ourselves educated on the topic. Joe Rogan eats horse paste? Fucking turd. Joe Biden sniffed the girl? Pedophile! Conservatives love that one the most. Much as liberals love, as much almost as much as liberals love anti-vaxxer. We don't have these issues with each other because of any concrete thing. They exist because we're lazy. And the elites love every minute of it. They're the ones that are winning as we spend our time excited to get to the latest season of Tiger King and can't pay attention to what's actually going on. We the people. Am I right? That's, <laughs> that's all I had. It was just a I was just pissed today and a I little felt tangent. Sick. Yeah, it is. And everyone just compartmentalizes things. And it's interesting because like I actually said it in one of my monologues a few weeks back, but I'll read it again for the listeners. And it's it's from Hunter S. Thompson, and he wrote once they let you get away with running around for 10 years like a king hoodlum, you tend to forget now and then that about half the people you meet live from one day to the next in a state of such fear and uncertainty that about half the time they honestly doubt their own sanity. These are not the kind of people who really need to get hung up on depressing political trips. They are not ready for it. Their boats are rocking so badly that all they want to do is get level long enough to think straight and avoid the next nightmare. And the reason why I read that is because it goes into what you were saying about how everyone just has this binary thinking of it's either one or the other. And it's just lackadaisical thinking. It really is. It's they make it, they oversimplistic, they over simplify it to just let someone else make the thought for them. Oh, you're pro-abortion? You like murdering babies. Oh, you're second guessing a vaccine? You're anti-science. You're a murderer. You're, you're a, a murderer. murderer. Yeah, isn't that funny how both of them is, you're a murderer? <laughs> and the response is, they go, my body, my choice. And it's like, yeah, but you're killing people. No, I could be talking about vaccines or abortions when I say you that, huh? We'll be talking about either one. <laughs> it does. It kills me, dude. It's insane. It's like, and like, I kind of get it. You know, like everyone's out there working 40, 50 hours a week, coming home to kids and stuff. Not a lot of people are freaks like you or I. That actually follow this shit like it's sports. No, I understand that, but did you almost just play the hail again? Hail song again? I will. We're gonna end with that. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, w- w- the the thing that bothers me about it is because like I have a lot of friends that don't care and they don't pretend to. Where I get bothered is when people want to pretend to be an expert on something they don't know any fucking thing about, or. Uh, you could be somebody like you and I, like you and I don't pretend to be experts. We care. We know a little bit. We don't pretend to know everything, but we listen to people that do know more than we do on certain topics. And we get on the show and we fucking talk about it. It's yeah, when just... people, it's when people want to, you know, see what Don Lemon says on CNN and think they know everything there is to know about that particular topic or, you know, switch to the other side, whether it's Sean Hannity or Tucker Carlson or Rachel Matt, I don't give a fuck. You you are literally getting 15% of what's actually real when you listen to any of those people, but you leave that 
viewership thinking you know everything. That's where I get frustrated with people. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. It's okay to admit that you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Have a conversation. Listen to what the other person is saying. And just stop pretending you know everything. We right. have, we've reached this era where everybody thinks they know everything because they watched a 15-minute segment on fucking CNN or they watched the Young Turks or they watched even Joe Rogan, right? Like, yeah. I disagree. I, I listen to Joe all the time. I disagree with him on a lot of stuff. I still like listening to him. Right. Just because you disagree with someone. Like, I have friends I disagree with stuff, whether it's sports. Like, why is it? Yeah. Why is it that we can disagree on food? We can disagree on music. We can disagree sports. on sports. We can disagree on all sorts of stuff with our friends, but when it comes to politics, when you like, and it's all these ill-informed opinions that it ruins friendships and relationships. And you know what's really funny? It's like this is anecdotal evidence of for of course, but my left-leaning friends that don't really follow politics and know about it, they just have the talking points. They are way, way more uh, apt to bashing someone else for their views. Versus my right-leaning friends who don't really follow politics. Because what they say is, I don't give a fuck what you do. Just don't shove it down my throat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever noticed that? Those are probably the religious ones, too, which is interesting. Yeah, just right-leaning people <laughs> in general. Um, oh, there was what I, did there? I was just going to bring up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. right. We got to go, man. I got to piss we like a race. We really monster. do have to go. Um, go ahead. and If you liked what we have to say and you like the show, go ahead, like, listen, and share. Uh, we're on all of your social media pod, all of your social media platforms at Libservative Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Libservative on Facebook. We are at Libservative Podcast at WordPress.com. And email us at Libservative, was it Libservative Pod? Yeah. You can find us on all of your podcast platforms. We're going to play you out with this beautifully crafted song. He's been Corey Walsh. And he's been Dan Griffin. And this has been Libservative. And we're out of here. And go blue. Go blue.